0: This is a tough episode. If you have followed my podcast for any length of time, you have almost certainly heard me speak highly of Evernote, the very well-known note-taking application. However, after 12 years of loyal commitment to this app, I have pulled the plug, and the reasons are incredibly frustrating. This is the 5AM Miracle, episode number 368, Why I Left Evernote, and what my new productivity system looks like today. Now, as you may have heard or not heard, I am skipping the music this week and the normal introduction because I want to get right to business. Evernote is out of my entire productivity flow, and it's highly unlikely I'm ever going to return to it. Why? Well, let's break it down. Here's what Evernote used to be. For quite a while, maybe 10 years or so, Evernote was the only option that made any sense. It had the market cornered. It had some competitors, but really none that were very serious. So Evernote for a long time provided a very smooth solution for you to take and share notes, to tag and organize content, to save websites and emails, uh, integrate your notes to other applications, search a huge library of content, and ultimately customize your experience with a very robust number of options. It basically was notes your way. Evernote was the best way to take notes on any digital device. It provided incredible flexibility, customization, power, organization, and searchability. All of those things were true. All of those things were amazing. And it's why I have been talking about Evernote so highly on this podcast since day one. But I'm not there anymore. So let's get to why. Why did I leave Evernote? Well, ultimately, to break this down in the most simplistic terms, I use Evernote almost exclusively on my Mac. So it's a desktop version, Mac only, not PC, not iOS, not Android. This is just the Mac desktop version that I have been using as my primary go-to for so many years. So if you use a different version primarily, then almost everything I'm going to say will still apply, (laughs) but it's not going to apply as directly. So to put this whole thing in perspective, what happened was that Evernote had been planning this massive launch to update the app. And this was well known for a while now, last couple of years. But this year especially, we knew it was coming. And when this new update showed up about a month and a half ago, it took everyone by surprise. Unless you had been a beta tester, then you potentially knew it was coming. I was not. I was just going to wait and see what it was. And what it was... (laughs) <laughs> so bad. Ugh, it's hard for me to put to words exactly how bad it was. Um, one reviewer on the Mac App Store said, if 2020 was a software update, this is it. Which <laughs> I thought it was just amazing. Um, also, if you know me, I am not a negative guy. I don't harp on negative things. This show is about positivity and growth and personal development and healthy habits and getting things done. But that's also why I'm so just enamored with this update so just I can't stop thinking about it because it basically ruined my entire productivity flow now if you go onto the mac app store you will also see an app from a guy named Jeff Sanders yeah that's me and the I'll, I'll read you exactly what I wrote uh, the title of my review is version 10 which is the new version ever updated to version 10 is trash The recent update to version 10 is the worst and most backwards update I have ever seen from a pro application. Evernote has totally lost its way. It really feels like they are actively trying to get their users to quit by creating a productivity product that makes it harder to get things done. What happened? Seriously, what happened? That was my review. Yeah, it's a little harsh. Yeah, it's a little intense. Uh, Not the normal Jeff Sanders you hear on this show. But once again, I'm passionate about productivity. I am passionate about getting things done and doing so in an efficient way. So for a an application like this that I have relied on so heavily day in and day out for well over a decade, about 12 years now, it's really disheartening to have that app shift in such a direction that it just like pulls the rug out from under you. And basically says whatever you've created, no matter how many notes you have stored, no matter how, much, how many systems you've developed around this app, like no matter what you're doing, it's just completely redone and most likely in a way that you cannot use it going forward. That's how I found myself in the last few weeks. And that's where this is coming from. So I want to go through the list of exactly why I left Evernote because so far I've been a little bit vague at this point. Uh, I'll get very specific here. Number one, they ultimately removed and will probably not replace dozens of core functions that their primary power users depend on and have for so long. I have a list here of 17 items, and that list is not the whole thing. Number one, there is no longer a preferences menu, which on the Mac is a really big deal. That's where you decide how your app will actually function. It's where you customize it and make it your own. That thing is gone. Number two, there are no local notes, so everything has to sync through the web, which is a big deal for a lot of people who have time offline but still want to be able to store their notes and use them. To not have the offline version is a major, major problem. Number three, no classic note links. This is a big deal for me. The classic note links is a way for Evernote used to to provide you with a link that you could add to another application on your computer. For example, I use Nozbe as my task manager. I would put a link, a classic note link from an Evernote note into Nozbe. Then when I had a task in Nozbe and I clicked that link, it would open that note in Evernote in the application itself. Now it's web-based, so it all opens your browser, which is a very lazy solution and it removes the Mac specific nature of what that was. Which, if you're a hardcore Mac user like I am, you know what that means. Native Mac applications are beautiful. And it's why us Mac users love Macs. And so for them to remove that, oof, that was was tough. Number four, there's no sync button. So you have to hope that what you've done has actually synchronized correctly. And as I found out in the first few weeks, that doesn't work very well. Number five, there are no tabs. Which, if you like to use tabs as you work inside the app, those are gone. Number six, no view options to disable sidebar items. So if you want to customize the appearance by trying to clean it up and remove things, you can't do that now because you cannot actually disable or even alter the way that the app is viewed. So what you see is what you get, which for a pro application, that is really tough. Number seven, there are no longer default fonts. This one, ooh, this one really got to me. There are now only six fonts to choose from instead of the previous default Mac fonts, which have dozens, even possibly over 100. There were so many to choose from, and so there's no longer those. No more. Just six basic fonts, and they're not fantastic. Number eight, there's only a few colors instead of the nearly unlimited list that used to be there before. You have 10 colors to choose from. That's it. That's it. So, they've basically taken this app that was a pro application with tons of options and just squeezed it down to just a couple. And man, they're not good. Number nine, the spell check that they have now is broken and buggy. It does still exist, sort of. They kind of tried to bring it back in a recent update, but it's terrible. Number 10, you cannot remove the elephant, the logo, and the Mac menu bar. Um, I hope that changes in the future, but for now, it's still there. Number 11, There are multiple clicks to view a website, so if you have a link in a note and you click on it, you would expect that link to open your browser. No longer. Now you have to click the link at least twice to do that, and there's other options there as well. It's the kind of thing that should be a right-click option, but it's not. Number 12, you cannot copy a note into the same notebook. This really bugs me personally because the way that I use Evernote, I have templates, which is a very common thing to do. And so as often the case, you want to copy one note and make another version of that in the same notebook. And that is no longer possible. Number 13, syncing notes between devices is almost impossible because updates don't show up correctly. So if you own more than one device and you have Evernote installed on more than one device... Your devices are not going to sync correctly. At least that's my experience. Sometimes they did, sometimes not. It used to sync beautifully. Not anymore. Number 14, you can't move notes between shared folders. What? Yeah, that's weird. 15, notes won't delete. They just reappear later on. This is crazy. You literally cannot delete some notes because if you try to, they come back or they won't even go to the trash can at all. They just sit there. It's weird. 16, it is very slow compared to the previous version. I don't know how they thought this was going to work. I don't know what was going on at the Evernote team. This new version is so terribly slow. 17, you cannot select all notes any longer. So if your goal was to select all of the notes in the application, I don't know, to export them to leave Evernote, for example, you can only select 50 at a time. When I left Evernote last week, I had 700 notes, and that was down from a few thousand I had a few years ago. So, if your goal was to select all of those notes, export them, and then import them into another application because you're trying to leave Evernote, oh, you can't do that anymore—at least not in the new version. The one good news about that is is that Evernote has made available the legacy version of the app. So, if you still want to go and download the previous version and use it for a while. Don't know how long, but for a while you can use it and all the the traditional features and functions are still there. But the big caveat there is we don't know how long that will exist. So if your goal is to stay with the older version, good luck, because it will probably be gone at some point. Don't know when. And then you'll be forced into the new version. And that, oh, it's just so bad. (sighs) this is a tough episode for me. It really is. I don't want to be this guy. I don't want to just rant, but there's a lot here to say. Um, Number 18, all I wrote down in my notes here is 18 is dot, 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 and a lot more because that's true. If you read through the Mac App Store reviews recently, you will see this incredible amount of, I'm not going to call it hate, but it's Like, you know, it's it's bad. There's a lot of people who are really frustrated with the way that Evernote has changed their direction. And I don't know how this is going to impact their company long term. But I know that there's a lot of people just like me who are just befuddled by what happened here. What if in 2024 you got a little bit better every day? When you're learning a new language with my sponsor, Babbel, that's exactly what you're doing. And if Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in a full year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Finally achieve your new language goal in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babel's convenient courses have helped me to learn real-life conversation skills in German, including ordering food and asking for directions without having to rely on language apps while traveling. Babbel has over 16 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Now, here's a special limited-time deal for my listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for my listeners at babbel.com slash 5am. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash 5am, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash 5am. Rules and restrictions may apply. So that list I just threw off there was the number one reason why i left evernote yeah number two uh they basically released what i would call a beta product as a normal update so if you imagine any normal app out there that goes into a beta version for a while it's designed to be tested it's designed to have bugs and they work them out it's designed for those hardcore users who want to see the latest and greatest version but they understand there could be problems Well, this latest version of Evernote feels just like a beta product that should still be behind the beta wall. It shouldn't be public. And yet, for some reason, it is. And so they've made really bizarre choices, like they removed the audio notes. I didn't list this before because this is a little strange. They removed audio notes from Evernote in the new version. But in their latest update, they wrote down that they're going to re-add it back in. Well, why was it gone in the first place? Why would you remove a core feature people love just to later on bring it back when that could have been done behind the scenes? That's strange. The new version also broke a lot of formatting on a lot of notes. This happened to a lot of my notes as well, and so I couldn't use a new version simply because the way that I had structured them were now basically destroyed. All the fonts changed, the colors changed, the spacing changed. All these customizations I had made had been warped and really made to be almost impossible to use. And one final strange update that they did that I do not understand is they turned their checkboxes into Xs. Well, that's not a checkmark. That's an X box of a checkbox. Right? They made some really strange design choices like that, that if you're a hardcore user of checklists, which I am, the check symbol is very nice to have if you feel good about it. It's a very nice way to visualize you completing a task. An X is kind of a negative connotation. It doesn't have that same like, yay, I got it done feeling. It's more like, ooh, bad. So I don't know why they changed. And they still call it a checkbox, by the way. Still called a checkbox, but with an X. I digress. Number three, ultimately what happened with Evernote behind the scenes was that the company decided to move to a new tech system called Electron. Now, Electron offers cross-platform desktop app scripting. Long story short there, it allows the developers to create one desktop version that deploys onto multiple operating systems, like Mac and PC, which means there's no longer a native Mac app. It's just one, basically a web version of the app that is then sent to every possible location for all the platforms that exist. Now, at first, you might think, well, doesn't that make it easier for them to update the app and to have one simplified version? Yes, it is easier for Evernote, most likely long term, to create a better version of the system. Short term, though, it's a horribly destructive process that has ripped apart the core functionality of what the app used to be. Will it become what it was in the future? I don't know. None of us do. There's no real platform of forecasting here. What we hear from Evernote is basically, "Yeah, we'll take your feedback and maybe we'll apply it. But they're not going to. I've talked to them the last couple of weeks, a lot. They're not that interested in my feedback, which is unfortunate. Which brings me to number four. Evernote's customer service went from great to good to basically useless. They're not offering solutions anymore to problems, They're just providing excuses as to why they've made decisions that make no sense. So I got frustrated. It's one of those where I have put so much time, energy, and money into this system. So for them to get to a point where their core users don't matter to them anymore, and they're not willing to go above and beyond to help those customers, well, then those customers leave, which is what's happening now. And number five, the final reason why I left Evernote and why I should have left a long time ago, to be honest, is in 2016, Evernote had many senior executives, including their CEO, quit. In 2018, it happened again. So then in 2020, there's new leadership, new people with a new vision, and that new vision doesn't align to what Evernote used to be. It doesn't match what made Evernote Evernote. It's not the same company anymore. And this is a major problem for those people like me who got on board a long time ago. For those of us who invested so much time and money and energy and blood, sweat and tears. I'm a little dramatic here, sorry. But for those of us who have invested a lot into a specific product to see the company's future look so confusing and broken and haphazard, it just makes you want to leave, which is what I did. Now that we've discussed all of the multitude of reasons why I have left Evernote, there are a few lessons that I have learned in this process that I want to share with you because I believe that these speak to the core principles of what has taken place here and what will definitely take place in the future to you and to me again and again for a variety of reasons. Lesson number one is there is an inherent risk to loyalty. So anything that you invest heavily into can one day backfire on you. This is just part of what life is about. Things that we commit to. It could be a marriage. It could be an app online. It could be a tech tool. It could be a house. Whatever it is that we decide we want to commit to for the long haul, it doesn't mean it's going to be there for us long term. And so I really did not imagine a day where Evernote would no longer be my solution. I basically made a mistake and that mistake was assuming that this would be a permanent solution. But that's not how the tech world works. Which is lesson number 2. The tech world is fragile. You know apps break, companies go bankrupt, developers make really self-centered decisions. The tech that you use today could easily be useless in a few years. That's just what this is and I'm a tech guy. I'm, I love tech. I own a lot of it. I constantly change the tech that I use. But there are a few core apps that I haven't changed in well over a decade. And Evernote was definitely one of those. And so to have that kind of an app no longer be my go-to solution was personal and frustrating for lots of reasons. But it does reinforce that what we're doing is almost designed at, on its face value to be a temporary solution, to not be something that we're going to use 10 years from now. We'll probably use it for maybe on average three to five years and then move on to the next solution. And that's more or less the mentality that I now have around the tech that I'm using. You know, I I explained on my podcast a few weeks ago how I built a brand new podcast studio. I have new speakers and recorders and mixers and wires and cables and just there's a lot going on here. But I know this is not forever. This is basically a five-year solution. Ten at most, if I'm lucky. But I'm very aware that I will not own the same gear in a few years. And I'll buy all new gear for all kinds of reasons. That's what this is. The tech world is fragile and temporary, which then brings us to lesson number three in that being nimble will serve you well. You know, staying flexible will keep you on top. Focusing on systems that can easily evolve will minimize your downtime. That is certainly going to happen. And ultimately, just knowing your technology really well will not only help you get more done. It will also help you to leave that app for a new one when that day comes, because it will. And so this is one of those cases where you have to go into it with, once again, that mentality that you want to stay flexible and nimble even when you decide to invest heavily into any solution. Finally, number four is that relying on an app is not the answer at all. Ultimately, building a productivity system that is based on principles is the ideal solution to fully understand what you do, why you do it, And therefore, you understand what types of solutions, plural, could work for you. And this is where I got a little hung up because I, for so long, only thought of the way that I worked through the Evernote lens. I saw the way that I designed notes and organized information through the lens of what Evernote could functionally do, as opposed to stepping way back and asking myself, how do I personally actually want to get stuff done? How do I want to organize my data? How do I want to access it? How do I want to update it? How do I want to do anything with any of this stuff in a way that suits me best? And that solution may or may not include something like Evernote. Fast forward to the end of 2024 and think about your goals. What can you do right now to give yourself the best chance of succeeding? If you want to learn a new language, you absolutely should check out my sponsor, Babbel. Finally achieve your new language goal in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel has over 16 million subscriptions sold, and studies from Yale, Michigan State University, and others continue to prove Babbel is better. One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college. Babbel's convenient courses have helped me to learn real-life conversation skills in German, including ordering food and asking for directions, without having to rely on language apps while traveling. Now, here's a special limited-time deal for my listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for my listeners at babbel.com 5 a.m. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash 5am, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash 5am. Rules and restrictions may apply. So finally today, I want to discuss what I have now created as what I'm calling the five functions of my new productivity framework. This basically breaks down the five core features that most of us will have when it comes to productivity and getting things done and organizing the things that we're doing. Number one is event management. So your calendar, the place to manage your meetings, your events, your time-based commitments. And really, for this solution, any boring calendar app will do. It could be the Mac calendar, Google calendar, Fantastical, AnyDo. There's a huge list of calendars in the world. All of them are probably fine. Because calendars, for the most part, don't require a lot of fancy bells and whistles. Most of them will do the trick for the things that are required. If you want to go a little fancier, I think Fantastical, at least on the Mac, is a good one for that. I use the Mac calendar because it gets the job done for the basic functionality that I want. Which is kind of another lesson to be learned here in that not only when you invest heavily could you be burned by an app, But if you get a little too customized, a little too deep into it, and you don't personally control the development of that app, well then you run the risk of those customizations no longer working in the future. So if you keep things as simple as possible, then in a transition, you're not going to lose nearly as much. The second core function of your productivity framework will include your daily tasks and reminders. So Ultimately, here's a task manager. In my world, that's Nozbe. That's N-O-Z-B-E. That's the app that I use and have for a long time. Another possible risk for me in the future if it goes down. Uh, but your daily task and reminder solution will have an app that provides very simple things to remember, you know, small tasks to organize, quick notes, small projects. It's the little details of your life. So in my world, that's Nozbe. You could also use Todoist or Apple Reminders. Um, some apps actually combine a lot of these functionalities together and will have reminders built in. Whatever the solution looks like for you is probably going to be fine if you love it, you invest into it in the way that works for you. I'm not solely committed to Nozbe forever, uh, now that I've learned this lesson from Evernote. Uh, but for me, when I discovered Nozbe and learned how to use it, It aligns to the way that I like to think about tasks. And that's what you're going for with any app you ever choose, is you're trying to find a solution that fits who you are and the way that you want to work. And it gets the job done for the things you're trying to accomplish. If those are in place, then you have a more narrow focus on what you're trying to find, and then when you find it, it's going to work really well. The third function of your new productivity framework is project management. So this would be your full-throttle checklists and spreadsheets, the complete breakdown of any complex project that requires a lot of moving parts. There are a lot of examples here that get the job done. Your most common ones would be things like Basecamp, Monday.com, Asana, Trello, Jira, Zoho. You could use an Excel spreadsheet if you wanted to. Um, Ultimately, in this arena, I used Evernote, and I have for a long time. One of the core reasons why I left Evernote that I didn't discuss earlier was that Evernote has been my go-to project manager, meaning that I had a very simple but still comprehensive solution that involves some notebooks and notes and a lot of checklists and a lot of data that were all organized on a per-project basis, so all the things I needed for any given project were all right there. So to not have that anymore in the way that I'm used to, that means I have to Basically, start from scratch and figure out how to rebuild that somewhere else. And that's where I've run into a lot of problems. So one of the things you have not heard from me so far in the episode is what I'm doing today to replace Evernote. And now that we're here in step number three for project management, what am I using for project management? Eh, I don't have an answer yet. So temporarily, what I'm using is a program called DevonThink. That's D-E-V-O-N, DevonThink. It's a good solution. I'm not committed to it long term. I'm going to use it for a while and see what I think. And I will definitely update you here on the podcast with whatever it is that I choose long term. But in the last month, I have tested, I'm not kidding, well over 25 different apps trying to figure out if any of them have the potential to be what Evernote used to be for me. And I'm not sure it's going to exist. I'm not sure that that type of solution will be out there in the way that I want it to be. So I'll probably have to evolve and adapt and change to a new way of thinking and organizing my information, which is also part of this process, right? The way that we think doesn't necessarily align to the way that the rest of the world thinks or would want us to. And so there has to be a compromise between how we want to operate and how we can based on what's actually available in the marketplace. Less, of course, you are your own developer and can make a solution. Other than that, you have to pick what's out there. Number four is long-term file storage. So this would be your very basic home bases for files and shared documents. Google Drive is the best example that I've used for a long time. Um, It's actually called Google Workspace for those who are using kind of the corporate solution, which used to be called G Suite. So Google Workspace is kind of the home base that also includes Google Drive. If you have a Gmail account, you will have access to Google Drive, and that's going to be a great place, just like a Dropbox or any other solution online that allows you to have files and folders, this is a great place to store old-school file and folder management. So traditional digital documents, PDFs, MP3s, documents, all of those things can be there, and that really is a core aspect of your productivity system, is having a place to drop the traditional stuff. And now for the fifth and final component of your productivity framework, this is your inbox to capture ideas and notes which for me, used to be Evernote. Now today, for now, once again, it is Devonthink for this solution. However, this was the place that I used to capture all of my extensive notes. Yes, I used Nozbe still for my little ideas here and there, small to-dos and tasks, but Evernote was the place for a long, long time that I would capture extensive ideas, lots of, of brainstorming, many different thoughts, and then organize those in an intelligent way. And so Evernote was the place where they would be initially captured and then they would transfer somewhere else. So you're looking for a solution that has that kind of possibility. So an app might have the ability to capture notes on the fly, uh, to be customized to your liking, uh, to share those notes with others, organize a lot of data in one place, be able to search it quickly and easily, and then have integrations with other apps as well. And so some simple examples of this would be Apple Notes, Bear, Notion, Nimbus, Drafts, Simple SimpleNote, BoxNote, Dropbox Paper. I could go on. There are a lot of note-taking apps that exist in the world. I have tested all the ones I just mentioned and a whole lot more. And I can tell you that all of them work in very different ways. But they basically fall into two camps. There are the ultra-simplistic apps, like Apple Notes, that basically says you can capture an idea... And then you're done. Not a lot to customize, if anything at all. All the way to what I now use temporarily, DevonThink, which is incredibly comprehensive and rather strange in the fact that there are so many options to choose from that it's extremely overwhelming initially. So if you're looking for a very simplistic solution, DevonThink is not that. But it is a really great one if you love to customize your solution. So you have to figure out where you fit on this massive spectrum of possibility. And all of them have their own little quirks. Uh, one example is Microsoft OneNote that I tested on the Mac version, and it doesn't have the ability to change the line height of your notes. Now, that seems rather specific and kind of you know weird. So what that means is, is that if you're taking notes and the way that your notes are being presented to you is too narrow and small and close together and you want to space it out a little bit, you can't do that. Or if you copied in notes from somewhere else and the spacing's too big, you can't make it any smaller. It's really bizarre. And so it just becomes a limitation that I'm not going to work with. And so I can't use that app. And this has happened to me over and over and over again with all these different possibilities, none of which they'll work the way I want them to. So what does this mean? Final thoughts here today. Number one is that your system is personal. As you can hear by all these very specific and subjective things I've said today, your system is your system. You want to find apps that work the way you do. So if a company or an app is not working the way you want it to anymore, then you have to move on quickly to find your next personal solution. Number two, you want to spend more time doing and not just organizing what you could be doing. So one of the biggest traps in productivity is there are so many apps to test out and to tinker with and to customize that you could spend an incredible amount of time tinkering with the apps themselves and never actually doing the work itself, which is a major problem. So if an app is too complex, you want to move on quickly. If you're just tinkering too much, you want to move on quickly. Finally, my third thought, there's a lot of thoughts this week, is you want to keep things simple, which I did not do in the episode this week, but that's the goal long term, is you want to keep things simple. How you organize your life will make an enormous difference in how much you can accomplish. And as we discussed this week, there are an infinite number of options out there. There's so much to dig into. And if you are overwhelmed by all of that or any of it, then just go with the most simplistic solution that gets you from point A to point B as quickly as possible. And forget the rest of the stuff unless you have some free time down the road and you want to tinker for fun. But if you actually need to get some stuff done... And just get the work done and let the app just be what it is and move on. I'm saying this to myself as well. I, Jeff Sanders need to move on and that's what I'll be doing. And I'll be sharing those results when they happen very soon. Um, If you're hearing the episode right now, way after I published it, there's a pretty good chance that I have dramatically changed what I've done. Possibly even going back to Evernote itself. I don't know yet. Uh, but I can say right now, near the end of 2020, when I'm recording the episode right now, I'm frustrated. <laughs> I don't want to be. So hopefully things work out for the better. Uh, if you have any thoughts, which you probably do, opinions about what I've said, uh, ideas for things I could try, um, little new information that I did not discuss this week that you want to share with me, please share it with me. My email is jeff at jeffsanders.com. I will happily hear all feedback. Uh, this will be a good one. Because I think if we can get a really good solution here, a lot of us will really benefit. So once again, Jeff at JeffSanders.com. And for the action step this week, there's probably a lot of them, but I'll pick one. Rebuild your productivity system from scratch using the framework I just discussed. So that's a really big action step. I'm aware of that. But at some point down the line, it'll be very helpful for you to take a big step back and ask yourself, what is ideal for me right now? The system you have today will likely not be your best solution in a year and definitely not in five years. So start over and build your system your way. For the link to the show notes this week, it's jeffsanders.com slash 368 And that's all I've got for you here on the 5 a.m. Miracle Podcast. Until next time, you have the power to change your life. And the fun begins bright and early.